The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. Yeah! Woo! The pot of thunder. And rock and roll is here. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride. Hong Kong Glen Song. Hong Kong Glen Song. Mississippi Queen Now Know what I mean Yeah, starting off with a little insanity Right here on Wednesday Talk is Jericho Thank you so much for joining me on the show I know you got a lot of podcasts I know there's a lot of choices But I'm glad you chose to be here with me I'm glad you choose you choose me i won't let you down i promise hope you guys are having a good week so far i know i am so many cool things going on sunday night the season finale of walking dead did you see it spoiler alert spoiler alert this will be a spoiler alert it was pretty crazy um the season got really nutty towards the end especially when the the, the Lizzie shot her or she killed her sister because she wanted to see if she could come back as a friendly walker. I mean, it was just insane. And then Carol has to take her up behind the woodshed and shoot her in the back of the head. Man, this is some major spoilers, but it was great to see, uh, Rick Grimes, the, the cop, the boss come back to prominence as just this killer doing anything he could to, to save his son, Carl, uh, from basically getting raped and killed. I mean, how sick was that? But lots of crazy stuff going on. And also, I think, I don't read the comic books, so I don't know for sure. I think Terminus is, is a cannibal facility. I think that there's a bunch of cannibals in there um, that are trying to draw people in there so they can eat some some real nice human flesh. So, uh, yeah, spoilers over. Won't talk anything more about that. But Walking Dead, one of the, the best shows on television. Uh, also, too, huge announcement that the new Fozzie tune, Lights Go Out, April 29th, it will be released. And trust me, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to rock your proverbial socks off. And then the uh, Lights Go Out tour starts Friday, April 28th, right here in Tampa, Florida, at the 98 Rock Fest. And then we're going all over the place. We're doing Rockville and Jacksonville. We're doing Carolina Rebellion in Charlotte. Then we're playing... Uh, Springfield, Virginia, Pittsburgh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Rochester, New York, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, Hampton Beach, New Hampshire, Arlington Heights, Illinois, Pontiac, Illinois, Columbus, Ohio. Check FozzyRock.com for all tour dates. If you want to come rock with us, you're always welcome. Excited to get back on the road and play some kick-ass rock and roll for all you guys. Lights Go Out, new single, April 29th, and it's something you've never heard from Fozzie before. It's kind of like dance club metal. Yeah. If it sounds weird, just wait till you hear it. And speaking of sounding weird, a couple weeks ago, I did a a new new, uh, segment 
here on Talk is Jericho called Chris Reed's WWE Lyrics. I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Pretty fancy, right? So I, took, I had said that I'd never heard my lyrics before for, for Break Down the Walls, the, my WWE entrance theme. So I thought it'd be funny to read them uh, cold. And I did. And it was a huge success. I mean, literally a billion people listened. Well, not quite. So I thought I'm going to bring it back to you today before we have, oh, I didn't even talk about our guest. LeJean Witherspoon from Seven Dust is going to be here. Uh, great conversation. Talk about so many cool things. Woodstock 99. Talk about Seven Dust Acoustic Tour. Talking about their uh, their bankruptcy a couple of years ago. I mean, a lot of bands go bankrupt. It's not easy to be a working rock and roll band. So anyways, he's coming up, but I want to read more lyrics to you. So I asked you on the Twitter, at Talk is Jericho, if you had any advice on which ones I should check out. And I picked uh, three that were that were listed. One of them was the Billy and Chuck lyrics. If you remember a few years ago, it was... Uh, well, once again, we had Mr. Ass, Billy Gunn, a few weeks ago. And now we're going to read his other theme song when he was apparently a gay lover with Chuck Palumbo. And they were called Billy and Chuck. And they had Rico as their manager. And they, were, they actually got married on TV. Yeah, a gay marriage in the WWE. Back in the good old days. Okay. So, the song is called You Look So Good to Me, and it's by Billy and Chuck. You look so good to me, oh, oh, you're my baby. I cannot turn my eyes away, I cannot turn my eyes away. I hang on every word you say, I hang on every word you say. You want, you make me want to hold you, you make me lose control, you make my heart and soul complete. Now, this is a song for two guys, Keep that in mind. Oh, baby, you look so good to me. Oh, baby, you look so good to me. And this is playing as they're walking down to the ring to kick somebody's ass. Okay. I cannot turn my eyes away. I cannot turn my eyes away. I hang on every word you say. I hang on every word you say. You make me want to hold you. You make me want to lose control. You make my heart and soul complete. Oh, baby, you look so good to me now. Oh, baby, you look so good to me now. And that's it. That wasn't all that funny. Who, uh, who told me? Listen, as I crumpled this sheet up. I don't ever want to talk about the Billy and Chuck uh, theme again. I hope I hope these other ones are better. Whoever suggested that one, you are now in Twitter jail. You are not allowed to send me any more Twitter suggestions. All right, let's see if we can. I came to play the Miz theme was was the next one that was that was given to me. Okay, I came to play. That's what his ring song is called. Is it the one that goes awesome? And then this comes up. All right, I came to play, I came to play, there's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees and pray. I came to pay. Say goodbye to the good old days, they're never coming back. Watch your future fade, I came to play. I came to play to get my dues paid. I guess you had a dream, but they can't be said. I came to play, I came to play, best get out of my way. I'm here to stay. Best get out of my way, I came to play. Run away, if you see me. Don't even say my name. Don't think that you can know me. Don't try and play that game. Yeah. Every day I get better. I watch as you get worse. My script is to the letter. I'll write your final verse. Wow. That's some pretty... uh... I mean, the rest of these lines are just awful, but at least that one had a little creativity. I'm here to stay. Well, I'm here to stay. I have come to play. I came to play. I came to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees and pray. I came to pay, baby. Say goodbye to the good old days. Oh, my God. This is like the longest thing ever. They're never coming back. Watch your future fade. I came to play. I came to play. I came to play. (laughs) I glow inside this light. I see new life unfold. What is he, an alien? Each second I burn brighter, your fire is going cold. You could try to beg for mercy. Go ahead and try to run, bitch. No escape and no redemption. Understand this ends begin. Okay? And then it's the same thing. It came to play times 100. See these lights? They're glowing. Hear all these people cheer. Feel all the love that's flowing all just because I'm here. Get up. Stand on your feet. Get up. Get your hands up in the air. Get up. You know what's taking me down. Yeah, get up. Get up. Get up. I came to play. Watch your future fade. I came to get my dues paid. Best get out of my way. I came to play. I think it's just repetition is what makes that one so bad. And just the fact it's called I came to play. 
it's always funny when people say, um, so when do you play wrestling next? Uh, what do you mean? When do I have a match again? Yeah, yeah. When's your when's your next match? When are you playing again? It's like you play a hockey game. You don't play wrestling. That's like BTWF type stuff. All right, here we go. This one's going to be a big winner. I can tell. Mark Henry's theme. Get it. All right, yeah. Three six mafia. Say what? Three six mafia. Say what? You know what's going down. You know what time it is. We ain't playing with you in the club in the street. You know what time it is, 3-6 Mafia, what? Get ready for it, what? Step up ready, yes sir, yeah. Somebody gonna get their ass kicked. Somebody gonna get their wig split. <laughs> I guess that's street slang for getting your head knocked open. Somebody gonna get their ass kicked. Somebody gonna get their wig split. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. It's pretty direct. Getting to the point. I never need a bod. How could I be scared of a man? I never need a bod. I never need a body. What are they, ghosts? I walk through this land like I run this land. Never can you imagine the pain that I bring. If I said I'm doing it in the streets, it's the saying. Okay, so there's a hold on a second. <laughs> Flag on the play. They just rhymed bring and saying. You can't do that. It doesn't work. Back to the drawing board, 3-6 Mafia. It's the king in here, wildest man in the world, and I have no fear. I'm the man in the mean, the nightmare dream, the root of all evil, the weak fear me, yeah. There's no rhyming in that at all. Then we go back to somebody gonna get their ass kicked. Somebody gonna get their wig split. Somebody gonna get their ass kicked. Somebody gonna get their wig split. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck, beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck, beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck, beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. I'm a crazy bitch, and I'm coming through the door. Quick to whip you up and knock your ass to the floor. Think I'm playing with you, but this fist gonna hit you. Always in the hood, number one wig splitter. What the hell is that? Hit ya and splitter. Let me try it again. Think I'm playing with you, but this fist gonna hit you. Always in the hood, number one big wig splitter. All right. I feel like Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. You think I'm playing with you, but this fist gonna hit you. Always in the hood, number one wig splitter. Never try to step because you know you can't compete. Live by your rep, get thrown in the street. This boy about to act up, you better call for backup. I'll be the next fool in the hood, body stacked up. So these guys are gonna murder you. This isn't fun play. This isn't wrestling playing. This is murder. Oh, somebody gonna get they ass kicked. Somebody gonna get they wig split. Somebody gonna get they ass kicked. Somebody gonna get they wig split. Ooh, beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Wow, this is some mean people in this thing. But it continues. See, I'm a hard hitter. One hitter, quitter, quitter. Step up to me, little buddy. He's stepping up to a gorilla. Is that like the skipper talking to Gilligan? Step up to me, little buddy. I bang your head, dog. Turn your head like eggnog. Don't think I'm scared, dog. I'll leave you in red, dog. Okay, they're rhyming dog, 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 and then eggnog for no apparent reason. (laughs) I bang your head, dog. Turn your head like eggnog. Turn your head like eggnog. That sucks. Awful. And somebody's gonna get they ass kicked. Somebody gonna get they wig split. Somebody gonna get they ass kicked. Somebody gonna get they wig split. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. 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 All right, so there you go. Some more uh, lyrics read. We had the Chuck and Billy one, which we didn't like. We had the Miz one, which just was very repetitive. And then this one, the Mark Henry one, was awesome. Rhyming, uh, what did they rhyme? W- w- Witcher and Splitter. So if you like this, and how could you not, let me know. And uh, we will do more of these <laughs> in the future. And in the very near future, how's that for a segue? Lejean Witherspoon is coming up.
New album, Time Travelers and Bonfires, is dropped yesterday, and the acoustic tour is on the road right now. Lejean will be coming up very, very soon. Plus, your calls from the secret, super, secret, super number on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho. First of all, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On the line right now from Seven Dust, the lead singer extraordinaire, LeJean Witherspoon is here. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm fine. How you doing, brother? It's uh, nice to hear your voice. I know. It's good to talk to you. I, I was excited when uh, when this interview came up. And I always love I always love saying LeJean Witherspoon because it's like the last name. It sounds like you're like an English lord or something. Lord Witherspoon. I, I like it, man. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, thanks to my beautiful uh, parents, my daddy and them, for having that gorgeous name. It's a, gor- it's a gorgeous name, man. It's a true rock star <laughs> name. It's good to talk to you, man. I know there's a lot of cool stuff happening with Seven Dust. Uh, one, uh, definitely... Uh, one of the longest running bands from from when you started in ninety four or ninety seven ninety six whenever it was ninety seven uh, and you for the first time ever putting out an acoustic record in April called Time Travelers and Bonfires. You're obviously known for being a very heavy band, very melodic though. How uh, what was the decision to do an acoustic record at this point in your career? Well, you know, to be honest, I guess maybe uh, was it six years ago or uh, maybe even a little longer than that. We did a uh, Southside Double Wide, which was an acoustic DVD that we put out, but we filmed it at the Georgia Theater. Yes. Uh, and we only took the tour. It wasn't really a tour. We did maybe three shows. Mm-hmm. Three shows or so. And for years and years, people have asked us, hey, you know, we think you guys should do that again. And that was so much fun. And we kind of talked about it, you know, over the years. And, you know, we always write songs acoustically. Uh, we had a chance to come up with an idea and we uh, all had a meeting and said, you know, the people out there want this so bad. Maybe we can try to do something with the pledge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's what we were able to do. And uh, thanks to, I don't like to say fans, but our family and friends out there, the reason we were able to do uh, time travelers and bonfires is because everyone out there supported us in doing it. So uh, it's incredible, man. I'm excited. And it's an interesting concept, um, pledge music. And that's of course where you go and discuss a project with with like you said with the fans friends family and the fans basically it's not really fun to get they're just kind of putting a down payment on on the record they're they're kind of paying for it before it's been made how was that process for you was how how did you do as far as raising the money was did you raise it quickly yeah it was incredible you know i think we were all like at uh maybe a hundred percent within uh 24 hours wow that, that was something really cool that was happening uh, but for me to to be a part of it while in the studio, you know, everyone that, that just signed on to it for us, uh, you know, there were things like they had studio hangs. Uh, several people bought um, a thing where Will Seven Dust will actually show up at their house and do an acoustic set. Wow! Uh, there was very, wasn't very you know many of those picked up, but there was a few, and you know that's a special thing. Uh, Several people, you know, they'll have thank yous inside the CD and all kind of things that yeah. incentives for people to to feel like they are actually a part of it. We did FaceTimes with people around the world, from uh, Australia to uh, Romania, you know, everywhere. Yeah. You know, they were in the studio with us, and it was really exciting. We had a couple of dinners uh, with a few people that uh, pledged for a dinner with Seven Dust, so it was really exciting and a. Uh, just the whole process was something different for us, and I would definitely be interested in doing that again with whatever we would do in the future. You know, it's amazing, you know, once again, I mean, and you've been around, like we said, your first record came out in 97. How how the business has changed since the late 90s until now in 2014, talking about the, the record companies and all that sort of thing. This is actually a really cool way to make a record and puts all of the power into the band and the fans' hands rather than worrying about the middleman of the record company. 
Oh, my goodness. It's so uh, amazing. It's amazingly beautiful not to have to necessarily be a part of that crazy machine that we're talking about, definitely. Uh, I think, if anything, if there's any advice that uh, we could give any young artist out there, is uh, not only to be an artist, but to be a businessman or a businesswoman in the music business, and that's definitely a good business move. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? You know, yes. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, has it has it amazed you? Was it was it uh, strange to kind of see the transition because you came in right when the business was still really hot? I mean, your first three records, gold records in the states, which is five hundred thousand units sold. I mean, nowadays, if you sold five hundred thousand units, you'd be number one. You'd be like you know Justin oh, Timberlake yeah. or Metallica or oh, something like that. Oh, definitely, it is so crazy. You know, no one really asks that type of question anymore because I guess those days are so. I say, but I do remember the day of, oh, my God, we got a record deal. We're going to New York, and they're buying us dinner, and, oh, my God, we're riding around in these town cars not realizing that we were paying for it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but still, that, was, that was still exciting back then, you know, and those, you know what I'm talking about. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, it's, those, yeah, <laughs> yeah, back in those days, if they took you up for a hot dog, you were paying for it. Like, anything that was oh. on your tab, you were paying for Oh, my God, yeah. You guys pick the restaurant you want to go to. You're like, oh, yeah, we've never been to this place. You know, let's go there. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? I think I think that uh, it is crazy. And, you know, man, uh, I don't know. How do you say this? I can go in my, I'm in my bar room right now, and I'm looking at those albums that you talk about. And those days are definitely, I don't want to say long gone, but it's so hard to get to that point with everything that's going on. I love the Internet, and I have to. I have to, have to say that I had to take time to grow t- towards it because I still call stuff Atari. But uh, it's definitely a vehicle that I feel that has helped the industry as far as bands out there that would normally never get a record deal. And the days of the record deal, you know that they're still out there, but it's so hard. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, the movement that has come on now has been incredible, you know, and things like this pledge and uh, and taking, you know, over to your little Twitter pages and your Instagrams sure. and all these different vehicles have helped bands. I mean, you have... Some of these bands that you look at that might have not even left their town, but on their Twitter account have you know over a hundred thousand people hitting them because they've seen this video or this YouTube. Or, you know, it's incredible what's going on out there. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, I guess you gotta go, uh, you gotta roll with the changes, so to speak. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I would wait with the cassette in the in the player and listen to the radio. And whenever the song came on, I'd record it myself. And you'd hear, <laughs> there you, know, you go. Right, you'd hear you'd hear wow. the end of the DJ on you, but at least you were recording for yourself to listen to it whenever you wanted, and that's kind of what's going on now with the internet. People can now just access it whenever they want to. Right now, you know, I did. I had the I had the whole the whole thing, you know, because that still is our art, and we are artists, and we do have to work, and that is how we get paid. Uh, right, I'm not done with the whole, you know, burning it before it comes out. I'm a true believer in trying to save it and working it, you know, and getting it out there and letting the people choose and pick, but. uh it's uh, you definitely. I guess you got to kind of get a board, or you kind of get kind of left behind. But I definitely believe in always staying true to the art of music and never selling out for anyone out there. Well, absolutely, and, and like you said, real real fans will come through. I mean, it's it's always kind yeah. of the the borderline fans that might download or, or check it out for free. But I still, you know, my favorite band puts out a record, I buy it. And like you mentioned, you know, you did the the, the pledge music, and within twenty four hours. You you got to the you know to the to the, the number that you had to get to. So the the, the real yeah. fans still support their bands, which is nice to know. Oh man, that's what's incredible. I, you know, uh, to Chris, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for those people out there, we wouldn't even have a job. You know, just sure. that's that's the god honest truth. To be able to uh, to go to a town and pack a house out, and you know, a lot of times that's where it's at. The touring is where it's at. You know, these days, you know, yeah, you, start, you make an album and you try to, you know, you try to hit top ten, twenty, whatever you. And then now, what, what does that even say these days? As long as uh, I yeah. feel, as long as these people are are getting the music and understanding, and we're able to get to these towns, as hard as it is sometimes, you know, and and maybe living check by check, but as long as they're getting the music and understanding it, because I feel like without music in this world, this place would be even crazier. So thank the Lord, we still got a job doing. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, exactly. You're still getting uh, getting to make a living playing music, which is pretty cool. You could be digging ditches, I guess. And you just mentioned it too. I mean, before, even like you said, early 2000s, late 90s, and, and obviously in the 80s and 70s and 60s, you would tour to promote the album. Now you oh, yeah. put out the album to promote the tour. 
Yeah, or you like you you, you see you, you, it's like you put all this time into this beautiful collage of music, and you see one song, and you hear one song, and you might see one YouTube video because what happened to MTV? I really don't know. Yeah, but uh, you, you might you might see the light of the day of that song, and then you're wondering what happened to the band because they're not cool anymore because they're not being promoted. That's you right. Know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's so hard, and that's why I'm a true believer in touring and using that vehicle of the Internet as, as, as far as helping your band and getting out there and letting those people, if you got to hop in a van or whatever you have to travel in. And, mm -hmm. and that's what's most important for these people out here is to see these bands in these towns and, and to get out and enjoy music, and that's what it's all about. And that's why I, that's why I still do it. Uh, it's because I love the, the energy and the magic that I think we're able to create, you know, along with what you do is amazing and uh, in all aspects of what you do. I just want to let you know it's a pleasure to talk to you right now on the phone, my brother. It's awesome. No, thanks, dude. I'm pacing, I'm pacing my house right now. <laughs> I do the same thing. I, I'm actually in a studio, so I'm sitting down at the mic, but when I'm on the phone, I like to walk around, too, keep it fresh. Right <laughs> you know, it's, it's in, you, know you, you, you kind of... And Seven Dust is is more alive and well than ever because I know we kind of share the same the same merch guy. Freddie was our merch guy a couple summers yeah, ago. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, and we want to use him again, but he's always out on the road with with with, with you guys, and respectfully so. He's he's very loyal to Seven Dust. And I was like, well, whenever Seven Dust goes off the road, come with us. But you guys never really do. You're always out there working. You're always touring, and you're playing arena shows, festival shows. You're playing. Uh, I, I, you know, Freddie will send me a picture from like a club, you know, somewhere with like a really crappy dressing room, and then the next one will be like. Okay. You're playing at you know the House of Blues headlining. You guys play everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, it's you know it, it's I don't know if it's necessarily get in where you fit in, but uh, a lot of times out there, man, it's uh, it, it's we, we go through these towns where a lot of times we don't necessarily get to go through these for the last three years, and so let's let's make a what we call a B market tour. Let's right. go hit those places where you know we hadn't been, and and the turnouts are even better sometimes than you know the places that we normally hit. So you know it's. A, it's all about just getting out there and getting to work. Now, sometimes we feel like we've got to take time off because we might saturate it. Sure. Like, uh, you know, right now, we were supposed to be over in Australia, but something happened. But thank the Lord, things kind of worked through. For, we were able to do the Pledge album. Yeah. Ship rock. And now take off two months and then start this acoustic tour. Things kind of fell into place for us. Well, you guys obviously know how to do it because you've had some, some major longevity, like we spoke about, to, to be in, in a band, a recording, touring band, and still be... Uh, still be very successful after 15, 16 years. What is it that you think that, that has made Seven Dust so, uh, how your fans became so loyal? Oh, you know what, man? I, other than, to be honest, I think, you know, uh, now that I'm 41 years old and I, and we go back to these places and I have two daughters, mm -hmm. uh, 15 and I have a five-year-old. Okay. And it's the weirdest thing to go back to, Atlanta, Texas, Chicago, and see that guy that was at our show in 97 when I had like three dreadlocks in my head, <laughs> you know, and had a girlfriend, and now this guy's married, like I'm married, and all of us, and he has two kids, and his oldest kid is dating, and they're all at the Seven Dust show. <laughs> That's cool. So I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like this family affair thing, it's uh it's been an incredible journey, and I feel like I, I start sounding older when I start saying that, but it's, uh, it's definitely been a, uh, a beautiful picture to see painted in front of you, to see these people that have kind of, and I say it, they've grown up with us. We've grown sure. up together, if anything, and to, to still have these families come out. And, and now to see this guy's kid having a kid and him being a granddad mm -hmm. and not wanting to be called granddaddy, wanting to be called poppy, even though he's not whatever that's from, but you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know? yeah. But you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a, it's a family affair. And I just think it, it, it deals too. you know, Chris, we're just always being true to music and, mm -hmm. and not necessarily saying, Hey man, uh, these guys back here want us to make sure that we have a song that's going to necessarily be on the radio for sure, and, and that's not bending to go towards that way, but just to be staying true to, to what we feel like, you know, this is what we think is going to sound right, and we don't want to just cut it here and cut it there just to put it there, just yeah. for, you know, you know, just for the sake of doing it. You know, we're not that type of band. So I just think just being honest for so many years and, 
and just, you know, growing up with these people, man, and being real. Well, also growing up with each other. I mean, another very impressive thing about Seven Dust, and I know there's been some ins and outs, but at this point in time, you guys have the original five guys that started the band all the way back in 94, yeah. 95. That's, uh, that's something yeah. that's pretty admirable, too. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, uh, we we hang out, you know, a couple of us. Uh, you know, I might call one, one, one guy in the band a knucklehead every now and then. But, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> sure. We're all brothers. We're brothers, and, you know, that's one thing that's cool. You know, we get out there and... uh uh, yeah, I, I, with everybody, you know, you get us out on the road for two months, and you got us on that little fuselage time travel. <laughs> that's you know, right, man. You know, we 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 kind of know which way to go and where to go to the gym and all that stuff. But you know, everyone gets a little, you know, a little antsy, I guess. But we we've done it for so long, we know how to to go around. And I feel so very blessed, and I think that each of us know that without each other, we wouldn't be at the point and where we're at. Sure, so, uh, we can never we can never take it for granted. You know, and in, in, in my hardest days, and I feel like, you know, God, everything seems like it's coming to an end. And I look at myself and I, I, I pinch myself because I feel like I'm dreaming every day. <laughs> but my dream is coming true. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I don't have I get the same. What am I doing? Come on, calm down. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 interesting too because you guys started out in Atlanta. We talked about in the mid '90s, and I remember the Atlanta scene at that point in time was really hopping because I I was in Morristown, Knoxville, Tennessee at the time, and I went. I had a friend of mine in Atlanta and went a couple times to Magruder's, which was the oh the big rock club in town. And the one time I specifically remember because Kirk Hammett was there and he was super drunk. And I had uh-huh. a broken arm, and him and I got loaded on Frangelica and watched Still Rain play. Oh, my God. Which was like, and who knows, dude, you might have even been there that night. It was like the hopping place to be, and Still Rain was where Corey Lowry, your guitar player, that was like his first mm-hmm. band. Or sorry, Clint Lowry. Well, Clint. Corey was his brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, nice player. Did you used to hang out at Magruder's? Magruder's? Were you in that scene, too? Let me tell you about that. I was too young to go into Magruder's, but Cindy Chapman, which I'm sure you know, uh, yeah. was our merch lady, now also was our tour manager, now going on to work with Bon Jovi, Jennifer Lopez, and all kind of people. Cindy uh, was a bartender there, and I knew Fred, the owner, and stuff, and I used to have a band called Body and Soul uh-huh. uh, that would play there, but we only, uh, you know, so we were so young, but they would sneak me in, and I wouldn't drink or anything, but I would get to go to the Steel Rain show, but I would be so excited because that's where all the girls would show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the hot rock chicks, right? Oh my God, yeah, but I remember I did my first shot at 21 at Charlie McGrew's. Are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so how, 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 how did you get involved? Uh, how did you guys put together Seven Dust then? Uh, let's see, I was working part-time at a place called Hot Rocks. Uh, mm-hmm. Hot Rocks. Uh, it's kind of Funny enough, it was a Jamaican <laughs> cuisine restaurant. <laughs> racist, racist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, I was uh, like a hostess, dishwasher. You know, Monday nights, my band, Body and Soul, we were kind of broken up. Uh-huh. But in between players, and so me and Lee Banks, Todd Granoff, the drummer, and uh, a couple of fill-in players would just jam on Monday nights. Right. Play covers and play some of our songs. And this one night, Morgan Rose... John Conley and Vinnie Horns, we walked in, and I remembered seeing Vinnie and Morgan from the band Snake Nation in Atlanta, Georgia, and I would always hang out and say, man, I would love to jam with you guys one day. Yeah. And they came in and said, hey, man, we got this little project we're thinking about putting together. John, my rhythm guitar player, which had never really played guitar, he was the drummer for the Peace Dogs that were signing Energy Records <laughs> in New York, That's had a awesome. guitar. It didn't have a good, t- he didn't have a strap. Listen to <laughs> I said, oh my God, heck yeah, I'll jam with you guys. We went down to the rec room. I still remember this day, John sitting there and trying to tune that guitar. <laughs> and we just tuned it up and started jamming, man. And it just, for whatever reason, to me, it sounded magic. I was finally with this guy, Morgan, that I wanted to jam with. I was with Vinny. John was incredible. From him being a drummer, you could already hear his rhythm on the rhythm. Yeah, the groove, guitar. right? Absolutely. Yeah, the groove was the groove was right there, and I think within two days we wrote our first song, "Black." <laughs> <laughs> and this is this you know this is full circle. And then we had a, a, a song called "Crazy." We had two songs ready. We thought we were the baddest thing ever. <laughs> we couldn't wait. All our friends were at Charlie McGruder's. We went and played Charlie McGruder's with two songs and maybe one cover song. 
and we were so excited, and everyone was so excited about the new project that we uh, took a break and got back up on the stage with Charlie McGrews and played the same set again. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you guys come up with the name Seven Dust? That was uh, we had we went through a few different names. Then we fish Crawl Space. Uh, I remember guys from L.A. We had the name we thought we were going to be Crawl Space. We were heavy and yeah. an acoustic guitar player. Uh, this guy that I think maybe sold two albums called us up and said, "You guys would have enough money to buy that name from me." <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, we were kind of struggling. Things are going fast for us, and we needed to come up with a name. And Vinny, with his country self, came in with a. Uh, the bottle of uh, seven dust, which is seven dust, S E V I N. And what yeah. is that? So, well, it's a pesticide. Oh. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just call ourselves seven dust? We looked at each other and said, yeah, let's do it. So that's that's, what, that's how the name came up. And I feel like it's a heavenly, you know, we're all created from dust. And they're like, oh, LJ, he's a stoner, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I feel like it kind of manifested in something different. <laughs> No, that's actually pretty good. A pesticide, man, killing all the yeah, insects. Exactly. We're talking to LeJean Witherspoon here, and we're going to go check in with our sexy sponsors, see what's going on on that side, and we'll be right back with more Talk is Jericho right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This, this is Talk is Jericho. We got LeJean Witherspoon here with us. Welcome back to Talk is Jericho. Now, LeJean, you guys, like we mentioned, you came out of the gate right off the bat in 97. Huge record. Made a big, big, uh, a big impact on, on the business. You guys had some amazing tours right off the bat uh, with OzFest. And, and who, was, who was some of the bands that, that you went on tour with that were like that you had grown up listening to? Like, did you oh, get a man, chance to know, go out with Metallica? And I'm sure you did. Oh, yeah, we did, we, did, we did Metallica. It was us, Metallica, and Kid Rock. We did a run together. Oh, wow. That was incredible. That was, uh, we did the Silverdome, actually, with Metallica, Kid Rock, Ted Nugent. Oh. Uh, kind of, yeah, that changed my life a little bit. You know, that was <laughs> at the beginning. And, you know, just not even being able to sleep. I remember getting on one of our tour buses and not being able to sleep. Because we were on our way to the Orange Bowl to play with Metallica and Kid Rock. And, Jeez, uh, man. The Orange was, Bowl. That was a, yeah, that was pretty incredible to, to to get into that arena. And I remember it was so crazy. I wasn't used to it. And James Hetfield had the catwalk that went all the way down. Yeah. I guess maybe to the 50. I don't know, whatever. And me, I'm just excited. And, of course, I'm running down that thing, rocking out our songs. And, of course, I only have one monitor, and that's way back probably behind Morgan's drum set back then. So I'm out there probably second verse into the song, and they're still probably midway in the first. (laughs) (laughs) You got carried away, right? All this room. Oh, man. Yeah, the room. You couldn't hear anything. So, But it was... uh, it was, you know, those kind of stories were amazing. I got something so funny to tell you, not to get off subject. So as we're talking on the phone, the UPS man pulls up. Uh-huh. I'm the only guy that I think that orders, orders things out of Sky Mall magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not my R2-D2, but I got that guitar that when you put it above the door and when you open it up, it's a doorbell. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they just deliver that right now. Yeah, so I See, think this is a special time, man. That's something you're only going to hear right here on Talk is Jericho. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, back to those tours, you know, touring with, uh, like, Ozzy, not just on the OzFest, but, man, the time that Ozzy just took us over, just seven us and Ozzy in Australia. Wow. That was incredible to hang out with Zach, uh, you know, yeah, sure. every night and, and just to to do all those kind of things, you know, just uh, so many bands that we've toured with out there that have inspired us, but it's always been a loving, you know, we've never had a problem with anyone out there. I've always learned and uh, admired the other cats that, that are out there doing what we do. Did, what did you learn from, I mean, you're going out with Metallica and going out with Ozzy, obviously legendary, iconic uh, bands and performers. What did you learn from them as a young band? 
Oh, man, just, uh, you know, I guess just the, 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 the level of professionalism that they showed mm-hmm. and they had as far as a show. I mean, it, come on, it was just, it, it was so far past anything that we'd ever even seen as far as being in a backstage area only maybe at a Kiss concert, you know, or something, yeah. or a Motley Crue, or, or seeing it just from the other side. So to see, that, see it at that level after being just thrown in, you know? Right. Uh, you know, touring the world in a van and then you know, <laughs> doing it in a van and then coming up into an RV and then doing it in a van and in an RV and then making it and then having this big tour and then being backstage and, and walking down the hallway with Metallica. It's definitely a, a different world and you see what you would hope one day that you could possibly be, I yeah. guess, you know, or even, you know, just, Take take a little top off the icing and then lick it with your fingers. That's all I can have. If that's all I can have, I just want a little bit of that. You know. You know. Yeah. It's 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 funny. We did uh, Soundwave last year. Metallica was headlining, and you know I've known Lars and James for a while, but this is the first time we ever toured with them. And the first night in I think it was let's say Melbourne. Uh, before the the, the 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 tour started the next night and the night before they had a big barbecue for all of the bands that were on the bill and you know Soundwave there's 60 bands or 70 bands oh, yeah. and they had a barbecue Incredible. for everybody and Lars had a book made with the pictures of all the bands and the names even though he knew he wouldn't remember everybody he just tried to familiar familiarize himself with as many of the guys as he could and I was like you know that is classy that's what I think of when wow, I think of Metallica classy you yeah, know that's that's how you do it right there. And that's, uh, that, that's exactly, uh, you know, and that, that shows right there that he's not afraid to, uh, to share. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and it was, I just, like you said, I mean, just take a little lick of that icing and, 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 you know, learn a little bit of, of how the biggest band in the world treats, you know, some of the, yeah. you know, not the smallest bands, but there's a lot of bands there that you'll probably never hear of again, but they treated everybody the same, which was really cool. Yeah. You know, now, let's talk that's about awesome. what I know you did Woodstock 99. How was that? I mean, I know 94 was a little bit insane. Was 99, was 99 the crazier with all the fires and everything? That was, I was, I was there at the fires. It was incredible. Just, uh, not only I remember uh, what's the singer's name, the beautiful girl Jules. I do I say her name. Save your soul. Uh, she's a little she yodels. Who can is save that, your soul? Is that Jewel? Jules. Jewel. Yeah, Jewel. Yeah. Her beautiful self was jamming on the other stage across this big hill, and I remember screaming something, and uh, we tore into black, and I think twenty thousand kids ran over top of this hill. And it was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen before. Wow. Running and towards the stage kind of, to hear the song? Yeah. Yeah. They started running towards the stage, and it was a beautiful. That day for us was magic. You know, we had a rainbow come over come over the stage. Wow. And, you know, it was so exciting. We had barely made it. We were over in uh, Canada, I believe, and we barely made it. So we got to the show. We did our set. It was amazing. Everything was beautiful. And, oh, man, we're getting ready to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Let's get you guys over there to the stage. They came out with the socks, you know, butt neck, and it was crazy. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, and that was surreal just being up there. Uh, chili peppers are jamming. And <laughs> then you kind of start seeing these fires and smoke. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of you hear something kind of boom, blow up. And the next thing I know, we're getting escorted out, and all the artists have to be gone. The place is getting ready to go up in flames. And wow. I remember it to us, to me, it was like almost famous, uh, you know, trying yeah. to get out of this place and the chili peppers had been jamming. And as you're leaving, you see all these smokestacks and wow, trying to you know, get the artists out, get the artists out. <laughs> no one got hurt, but, <laughs> but how, how, it was uh, it was an experience. How did they get you in and out? Just on a normal bus, or did you have a, 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 yeah, we were on a our, road? No, we're on our no, we're on our tour bus. We uh, had made it in with our tour bus. They just had us all get in our buses and leave out, and it was you know the whole. Get him out of here! Yeah, guys on the walkie-talkies, and <laughs> there's just so many people there. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's, you, you know, it, like you said, when you see all those people running at you, you realize just how uh, easy it would be for a crazy riot to break out or something along oh. those lines. You know? Oh my goodness, that makes you think about uh, download and uh, rock and ring over overseas. Uh, yeah, I remember watching, hanging out with the prodigy. Uh, I think Slipknot was getting ready to go on afterwards, and. I looked at that crowd and to see 50,000, 60,000 people jumping up in the air at the same time. Mm-hmm. And just like, what, what, what are those hundred 
I mean, it's 150 security guards in the front. Yeah. What, what are they going to do? Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's like... Thank it's like, you guys for having order. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, it's it's crazy to think, you know, as the lead singer in that environment, if you just, you know, pointed and went, you know, destroy, people would do it. <laughs> they would. <laughs> you know? Minions attack. You know? <laughs> You've got that power in, in the palm of your hand. As as a lead singer, it's amazing, and you've got a great relationship with with the crowd as well. I've seen some of your shows before, and I think that's one of the reasons. Another reason why Seven Dust has always done so well is it's very important to get that rapport from the crowd and get them on your side as as a, as a lead singer. Oh, definitely, uh, I believe in that. I think it all goes along with people knowing your 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 personality and being real and and not going up there and faking the phone, but just going up there and, you know, you know, being true. Yeah. And, uh, and, and not being afraid to show your passion, because I believe that's what, uh, that's what music is all about. If a, a song takes me back, that's what they do. That's yeah. what you write about, you know. It takes you to a place where maybe things might have not been so happy, uh, with my heart on my sleeves, and so uh, I'm able to, uh, I think we're all able to, to try to understand that. You know, I know everything, you know, everybody wants everything to be heavy as hell all the time. But, right. Uh, I think some of the heaviest songs are some of the, the most melodic songs, but you sure. have to, to listen to it in a different light, you know. Who who were some of your uh, vocal influences when you were growing up? Man, uh, from my father to just, I mean, everybody. Uh, we, I mean, it was rock and roll in my house growing up, you know, so it, was, it wasn't just R&B from Ozzy Osbourne and Thin Lizzy Singer to uh, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Cooke. Uh, just it was just everything, you know. It was country music too, because we have to go down to to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where we had Tennessee walking horses, and so I would go down there, and it would be all kind of weird stuff. I would come back home, and be singing Grandpa, tell me about the good old days by the Judds, and kids were like, "God, <laughs> real, he's weird." You know? Yeah, but, uh, right. That's what that's why I love music so much because it was I, I grew up just uh, around it all, from banjo playing to guitar playing to tap dancing to, to to, you know, break dancing to it sure. all. It was, nothing was nothing was ever limited. You know, uh, I remember one of my uncles passing away, and I finally got the chance to meet one of my cousins that played uh, keyboards and trumpet for James Brown. Wow! You had to be kidding me. That's what I was at that funeral about. I was like, Are you kidding me? That's you. You're him. Look at how cool you look. Is that your Lincoln Town Call? Oh my God! Your buddy has a long Jerry curl with a captain's hat on. What are you guys? It's like Bootsy Collins, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, these guys came in hot, sunglasses, afros, jerry curls, cool suits, and a car and all. I'm like, it's them. It's, you know, but, you know, just to, to grow up and, and to be a part and, and to have people in the, you know, the family that did music was uh, always exciting for me, too, man. It, uh, music to me was always bigger than I was, and it still is to this day. When I would go see my father's disco band, and they would plug those amps up and uh-huh. it would be so thunderous. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is why they keep yelling, turn it down, turn it down. You know? <laughs> so, and I still get that feeling, you know, today when I get on the stage and we crank the amps up. You know, that, that's another thing, too. It just, just kind of hit my mind right now. Like in the mid 90s was the real kind of the breaking down, not that there was racial barriers, but in rock and roll. There wasn't a lot, you know, Living Color came out and there was like, you know, and 24-7 Spies and Fishbone. Uh, But then, you know, suddenly you got Seven Dust, you got Stuck Mojo, you got all these cool bands, you know, Skindred, where there's white guys and black guys in a band together playing heavy metal music. That kind of didn't happen a lot before before the the, the mid-90s. Not at all. And that's crazy that you said Living Color. Me and Corey Glover just met for the first time about two weeks ago. Wow. No kidding. Uh, Yeah, on Ship Rock. Oh, cool! Was so sad. Yeah, was so sad about it. Seven dust. Uh, both nights that we played, uh, we played up against those. Guys. Oh, you clashed with them. The very first night, we did an acoustic set in the theater, and uh, it was sold out. And they had to turn away a thousand people. It was an incredible evening. But by the encore, I look over to the side stage, and uh, there's Corey Glover standing there. And he gives me a big old hug, and I, of course, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I invite him out on the stage, and I tell my story about how he's inspired me. And it's sad it's taken us this long to meet each other. Yeah. But, uh, he hung out. Yeah, he said a little speech and hung out with us after that night, man, and just, you know, was an incredible brother, man, all those guys. Just, mm-hmm. uh, and that was somebody, you know, that inspires me to, to see a cat like that, but now he's done it all, and well, and, and, and basically, and pioneers. You know, when they came out in about eighty eight, there was no you know black rock bands. There wasn't. No, yeah, they, 
Yeah, they were on tour at the Rolling Stones. I mean, you got to be kidding me. He uh, around that, that body suit. What was that body glove? Suit? Yeah, body glove. <laughs> Weird, weirding people out, you know? That's right. Yeah, nobody <laughs> nobody looked like the, like he did at that point in time. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, he's definitely a pioneer, man. It was awesome to uh, to be able to, to say that and show my gratitude of like, oh, wow, man, this is really important time for me to, to, to let you know how much you mean, you know, yeah. what you've done. You know, you, you definitely made a way. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's funny too. You mentioned. I just thought about this as well. You mentioned Michael Jackson. I don't know if you, if you ever even heard the record, but you and I actually just appeared on a Michael Jackson rock and roll metal tribute record. You yes, did, that's you, yeah. yeah. You, you did black or white, and I did um, I did uh, Dirty Diana. Yeah, I love it too. Uh, Mr. Kulik called me up to do that, and I I thought it would be a, a pleasure. I was living in Atlanta at the same time, and I knew that you were doing it, so I thought it would be really cool to. Yeah, get on there and Doug Pennant, Elias. It's yeah, Peter Doug's non point. It's yeah. really, really cool. But I'll tell you what, man, getting in the studio and even though it was down to like a mofo for me singing Michael Jackson songs, it's like you know what, dude? I mean, this is completely a different level of of melody, oh, a yeah. different level <laughs> of tone. You know, <laughs> exactly. That's what, yeah. Doug actually called me about that, and uh, just to get a call from Doug, period. You know, yeah, from one of my. Like, my favorite bands, King's X in the world, was like, That's right. I'll do whatever. If you want me to tap dance and spit in the jar in the background, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's another pioneer band of kind of like the interracial band. I think King's X being a rock band with a black dude and a couple white guys. That was the first, one of the, oh, yeah. the first bands, too. Absolutely. Great yeah. band. And, you know, Doug is uh, doing a project right now with uh, Lynch right now. Yeah. And, uh, with George I Lynch. Think, yeah, and I think Ray is playing drums from Corn. From Corn, that's right. Yeah, that, that yeah. I mean, that'll be amazing as well. And actually, mm-hmm. another thing that you did too is uh, you actually did my theme song with the WWE. Seven Dust did Break oh, the yeah. Walls Down. And that was a pleasure. I would love to do anything like that again <laughs> for you, please. Yeah, absolutely, please. man. That was fun. I remember people always going, "How come you didn't use that?" I was like, "It was great, man." It, it, I think they only used it two or three times, but a couple other yeah. bands had done it, but yours was really badass. It was like a, Thank a, you, man. It was, a, it was a pleasure doing that, and I still have the magazine that we were on the front of. It. That's right. Magazine. Yeah, it's, it's hanging I on my do. wall. <laughs> I see you every. Along. I walk past it every day. I see your smiling face every day, man. That's that's awesome, brother. Thank you so much for letting us even uh, grace the cover of that with you. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, that was good, man. It's an evening with Seven Dust acoustic tour, and it kicks off April first in Athens, Georgia. How long is the tour going to last for, Lejean? Uh, you know, I, I'm hearing more and more dates getting put up there, so it might run for two months or so. You know, because we really plan on doing it up really good and uh, knocking it out of the park with this, man. And it's so funny that I'm talking to you because, uh, you know, Johnny Dare here, uh, the radio yeah. cat here in Kansas. Oh, you live in, Ca- you live in Kansas City? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no kidding. I'm, right, I'm, I'm in Overland Park. So. All right, man. I know Johnny Dare. Good guy. Yeah. Me and him, uh, so we uh, went out the other night, me and him and my lady, and uh, we all went to dinner and hit a new place out here uh, with a uh, with a uh, local band, you know, stage or whatever. So yeah. it was really cool. And, yeah, we were talking about it, so he said hello. So that's, that's oh, that's cool, cool, man. That's cool. How do you put together the set list for, for the acoustic tour? I mean, you guys got a lot of songs to choose from. Yeah, uh, what happened is, you know, so with this acoustic album, what we did was we had the family and friends, I think, uh, pick songs that they would like for us to re-record or to record on the acoustic album. Yeah. And we narrowed it down, and we recorded, I think, six old songs and wrote six new songs. Mm-hmm. But the six old songs, to me and to everyone, they sound like completely different songs. Sure. Really broke it down, and uh, I, I felt like we came uh, with this acoustic album from a whole other level. I don't feel like it's the run-of-the-mill, let's sit down and be kind of not necessarily bored, but not, let's not turn it up at all. This acoustic album is turned up. You know, we have everything, uh, you know, from loops running underneath. You know, I feel like some of it has a nine-inch nail feel to it. Uh, uh, we have some pianos, some strings going into it. So it's, uh, I feel like it kind of fits with the whole time travel of steam, and that's kind of what we're going for. You know, we yeah. still sit down by the fire, but we're going to turn it up at the fire. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, man, go to sevendust.com. The an evening with Seven Dust Acoustic Tour. Lejean, it's been great to talk to you, man. I really appreciate this. No, I, hey, brother, it's been great to talk to you. And uh, again, my hat's off to you and what you do and the inspiration that you are, not only to me, but to people around the universe, my brother. You are uh, <laughs> super, 
how how could you say a super rock hero? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, Does that makes sense. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, and I hope to see you. I uh, hope you see you soon on on tour at some point in time. Definitely. You tell the fellas I said hello, man, and God bless, and I'll see you soon. I will for sure, and vice versa. Thanks, Lejean. It's time to hit the phone lines. Did you catch that number on the Twitter? Ah, you got to pay attention, people. This is your chance. All right. We got some calls here. First, let's go all the way over to Arizona and speak to Luis. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Uh, huge fan of the podcast. Uh, honored to be talking to you right now. <laughs> Thanks, Luis. Where in Arizona are you at? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix. Love it. What's going on? Yeah. What's, your, what's your question, my friend? Um, my question was, um, I know... Uh, since you've been coming back for a couple of years, you've been, um, I mean, entertaining us as usual. I mean, I was there when you came back at the Royal Rumble and awesome. lost my voice. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, it was a great moment. Um, I was going to say, you know, like, how did you, how do you feel about like when you go to put a guy over and, um, like, for example, and my main one on the question was going to be like Fandango and you put him over at WrestleMania and then, you know, a year later you see where he's at today. Like, how do you feel about that? I really don't really doesn't bother me or really don't care to be honest with you. Um, all I can do when I'm there is do the best I can to get a guy over. And the day after WrestleMania, Fandango was by far the most over guy on Raw. If you remember last year's WrestleMania, For or sure. remember yeah. last year's Raw, the night after WrestleMania, I did my job. I got him over. I made people know who he was. I made people care about him. I made people hate him. I made people love him. And after that, there's really nothing more I can do. I mean, it's kind of one of the secret powers, one of the the superpowers that Jericho has is I can go into the ring and make people care about my opponent and and in a lot of ways make them look very, very good. Now, when I'm not with that guy, there's nothing more I can do. So a year later, that's kind of up to him, up to the company. But at the time that I was working with Fandango, he was a legitimately over uh, star on the show and a legitimate threat uh, and and you know a, a really over character. So that's to me. It, I'll, I'll take the credit for that and take the pat on the back for that, along with Fandango. I mean, obviously he did his part. But what happens after that? There's really nothing nothing more I can do about it. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I, I don't. I couldn't have seen anyone else besides you to um, put a guy over like that. You know, in terms of making him look good and stuff. So well, it was sure, a, it was actually you know it wasn't my first choice for WrestleMania, but it was a lot of fun and uh, I enjoyed the you know as a whole. I enjoyed the whole segment, enjoyed the whole angle, and I had some some fun with it. I mean, the promos where I kind of messed up his name and uh, you know changed all that sort of around was 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 a lot of fun. My favorite was Fan Dodge Durango and uh, Scaramouche, Scaramouche, can you do the Fandango? Fandango, that was awesome. I loved it. It was funny. Had a good time with it. All right, let's go to Julian in California. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Are you no NorCal or SoCal? Uh, man, I'm northern. I'm in Chico right now. Chico, what's up, man? All right, dude. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. Um, my question is pertaining to the uh, Elimination Chamber back in 2012. Uh-huh. When you had that incident where you, uh, Punk kicked you in the head and you fell off and you kind of hit the light. What happened, man? Uh, what was like the situation and uh, what was the original finish is my, my question, really. Uh, that was the finish. Yeah, the the finish was that Punk was. Gonna, I mean, the original finish was that Punk was going to beat me in the Elimination Chamber, and that was a month before WrestleMania. And I just didn't understand why that would fit, you know, unless I was going to be beating him at WrestleMania, which I wasn't going to be. So uh, didn't like that, and we decided to to kind of mess with the finish a bit. And then I think we decided. I remember one of my my ideas was that I just wasn't. I just wouldn't show up. I'd pull an Axl Rose and just not show up for the for the match. Uh, you know, screw this. I don't need it. I got my title yeah. shot next month. But then, um, um, that wasn't that wasn't really taken too well. So we decided that the best way would be that Punk would kind of knock me out, and uh, I wouldn't be able to respond to the bell, and then he would end up. I think he won won the match after that. Whoever else he was in there with. So that was yeah, kind of that was kind of the idea. But the idea was, you know, kick kick me as hard as you can, and I'll just kind of fall as hard as I can. I think I took out a cameraman and landed <laughs> up on the light. So. You know, I, I it ended up looking pretty good, and I think there actually was a little bit of a of a of a I'm not going to say a knockout, but there was a, a definite hard hit in the in the works there. So it was just kind of a that's the best way we decided to do it when I thought one way and the boss thought the other way, and that was the compromise. No, I totally agree. Yeah. So there that you go. Make- do not try this at home. Yeah, do not try it at home. All, all right. right, all right, man. Thanks, Julian, and thanks to all of you for calling. 
for being part of Talk is Jericho and also for linking to Amazon through the Talk is Jericho page at podcastone.com. Every time you do your shopping that way, Amazon kicks back a little cash to this show so I can keep bringing you the part of the now twice a week for free. Lots of stuff costs money. I finished a whole bottle of water while I was doing this show. That's 99 cents down the drain ski. Gotta be able to pay for that somehow, right? So, I appreciate you helping me out, and thanks also for hitting the download button and listening to this show. We know there's plenty to listen to, but if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend to check out the show as well, and tell them to tell a couple of friends, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. You can even hit that subscribe button at iTunes so you never miss an episode. The episode will go directly to your device on time for free. So, we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks to LeJean Witherspoon and Seven Dust. We will see you Friday with Rey Mysterio, mi compadre. He's going to be here, so we'll see you then. Peace, love, hugs. God bless you all. Stay cool, stay hungry, stay heavy, stay hard. Yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. <laughs>